0: Hey, podcast listeners. It's me, Scott, the Steenroller Steen. And As you guys probably know, I'm the lead handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And you also probably know that I have a large, loyal customer base for my premium picks, many of whom have been with me since day one. Now, last week, my premium subscribers enjoyed a nice 12-game winning streak during the week, and it made me want to do something that I've never done before. Now, if you know me, You know, I never use phrases like lock, sure thing, play of the year, none of that crap. But I have to be honest, there's a number on tonight's game that just makes no sense to me whatsoever. I think we've got a real advantage, and I want to share this premium play with you, my loyal listeners, absolutely free. Simply text WIN TNF. That's WIN TNF, like Thursday Night Football. Just text that to uh, 571 Winner 1, that's 571-946-6371. I'll shoot you my play absolutely free. No cost, no obligation, 100% free, nothing to fill out, none of that. Just my way of sharing my hot streak and simply saying thanks for being a loyal follower. Remember, that's win TNF to 571-winner 1. Thanks, have a great time, good luck on all your plays tonight, and now, on with the show. good afternoon everybody welcome to the winners and Winers radio show it is winners and Winers radio i am your host scott steen lead handicapper over at winners and and i'm your co-host
1: scott rochelle senior handicapper of winners and
0: and together we make up winners and Winers radio give us an hour and we'll give you the winners scotty how'd your uh, wednesday end up going
1: Overall decent. I didn't really have much action. The one play that I liked, I mentioned on the show. I liked the Reds Pirates score first inning, and the Reds scored two in the first, so that was a nice minus one fifteen winner. Besides that, took it easy. Watched the Yankees almost give me a heart attack.
0: Yeah, I was getting ready to send you some angry text, buddy, because I had the I had the Yankees as one of our premium plays, and uh, that was the only one that I really uh, that I really had to sweat. We had. Um, we also had the St. Louis Cardinals at a plus price that I still don't understand. I don't understand why I got plus 150 on that play, but you know what? We'll certainly lap it up every chance we get. And then we faded Griffin Jacks and the uh, Indians over the Twins. Another game where money hit the wrong side of the board. Didn't understand that either, but we were happy to take advantage. So 3-0 for me on everything except... Our farm play, Scott, it, uh, we, they had plenty of chances, even had a chance to tie it up and take it to extras there in the ninth, but just couldn't get it done. So that was a, Both
1: teams combined four for 16 with the runners in scoring position. Brutal.
0: Just absolutely brutal, my friend. So we got a lot to get to today, man. We've got college football tonight. We've got NFL football tonight. We've got a couple of topics to get to, maybe uh, throw in a little NBA talk there as well, some college football, like I said. It's going to be a full show, Scott, as it always is. So, you know what? Let's, uh, let's get it rolling, shall we?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: All right. Let's talk about the people that maybe didn't have the luck that we had. Scott maybe didn't quite do as well. These were the unfortunate people that just pretty much got ripped off. And the only thing you can do when you get ripped off, that's call the cops, baby. Let's do it. <coughs> All right. Very good. We're going to start it with a play from where, Scott? The MLB, as always. This is going to be the Orioles' money line, plus 157, playing those dreaded Yankees. The Orioles, they scrapped around Scott. They were down 2-0. They ended up coming back, taking the lead, 3-2, going into the ninth inning. Can anybody on this team close a ball game? Scott, the answer is no, they cannot. Yankees scored two runs in the top of the ninth, and that's all you need. Chapman, he looked a lot like Chapman, Scott, as he closed him out there in the bottom of the ninth. Orioles lose that one 4-3. to three. If you had him on the money line, plus 157. Sorry, Charlie. Time to call the cops.
1: And looking at the second one, if you had the Red Sox and Mariners under 8.5, you only had six runs after nine innings, so you win. But wait a second. I heard it's not the NFL, oh. and you actually have to play until there's a winner. Oh. So it was 3-3, three to three and they had to go to extras and the Red Sox scored six runs in the top of the 10th. Seattle scored one run in the bottom of the 10th for no apparent reason at all, and the game ended in
0: 9-4. So, since the NFL just does that stupid 10-minute overtime, which I think is just horrific, but...
1: People complain about ties, and they're like, fine, fine, fine. How about we reduce the overtime <laughs> right. by about a third, right. and we keep the ties? Like, no, you made it worse.
0: <laughs> it's just unbelievable that they did that. So, my, my point is... I think baseball needs to do the same thing. You put a serious shot clock on the pitcher, you give them them, them each 10 minutes, they can score as many runs as they want. At the end, it's all over.
1: See, the way I'm looking at it is that I'm okay with ties if I have the under, but if I have the over, I don't like the current format.
0: Fair enough. Boy, this current format, it is an overbetter's dream when you get to the ninth inning there, or the seventh inning as the case may be. So... We're going to finish it up, Scott. If you had the Nationals on the money line, taking on the Marlins, oh, they had led by two runs going into the top of the ninth. You're, is this going to be another Nationals bullpen story? It is, isn't it? The Marlins, they scored four runs in the top of the ninth. If you know the Marlins, you know that's about three days worth right there. <laughs> Nationals lose this one eight to six. If you had the Nationals on the money line, I feel like this may have been said before you should probably call the cops. My God, what a dreadful bullpen.
1: Definitely not a fun time. The Nationals are one of those teams where if you're betting on them, probably take the first five, but I'm sure you figured that out by now.
0: Right. You know, and we're going to, you would think in that division that they would be far and away the worst bullpen, but we're going to talk about a team in a minute that has them beat. And it's just an amazing stat. God, it really is. All right. So the other side of that, the nice, easy victories, these are the people that were sitting Place you want to be? They were just relaxing in the rocking chair.
1: <clears throat> so the first one was one of the games that you bragged about earlier in the show. It was the Cardinals on the money line at plus one fifty five against the Mets? They led five to nothing after one inning, and then ended up winning the game eleven to four. Mets favored again against one of the hotter teams in the NL Wild Card race. One of the only teams trying to win. In the NL wild card race, and the Cardinals took him behind the woodshed again.
0: Yeah, it almost it almost looks like there's only one team trying to win. Did you understand that number at all, Scott? No, I just didn't get it at all. So I had a small sprinkle
1: on the first five. I didn't take the full game because the Cardinals bullpen's also terrifying.
0: Mm-hmm. No uh, question.
1: At, at the end of the day, the Mets being favored pretty much against. I don't say any competent team, but at this point, I get they beat the Yankees two out of three. You still got to play out the rest of the schedule, and I don't think the Mets realize that.
0: It doesn't seem like it seems like they went to about one forty and or about one thirty five and quit. Like, oh, okay, very good. Well, Scott, here's another one that I had. My goodness, it's it's everything's coming up Millhouse today. Um, If you had the Indians on the money line against the Twins, again getting plus money, derp. Yeah, You led 5-0 after five innings, and you led 10-0 going into the top of the seventh. They ended up winning that one. 12-3 as Griffin gives up Jacks was pitching for the Twins. It's a great nickname, Scott. You actually kind of came up with that. I like it because that's what he— I know he
1: he said that in the past when he just got called up, and then it appears the home runs keep following him.
0: Right. Right up there with Bob Walk, Grant Balfour.
1: Unfortunately, Junk actually had some good stuff yesterday. Did
0: did Junk—was he Okay.
1: Uh, four and a third one in, uh, one run, I think. Okay. But White Sox had guys on base. They just couldn't capitalize. Is he a
0: hard thrower? Is is he a junk pitcher? is he's a, junk, no, does was he a throw... junk ball
1: pitcher. I mean, <laughs> come on. But anyway, looking at the last one, if you had the Blue Jays minus one and a half against the Rays, that was, I believe, an afternoon game. It was pretty easy because the Blue Jays light a three to nothing after one inning, led a six to one after five innings, and then ended up winning the game six to three. So if you had the Blue Jays minus one and a half, nice and easy winner.
0: There was a good there was one good Ray in that game and they didn't play for Tampa Bay. It was Robbie Ray.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll talk about him a little bit too We will we're just
0: we're just doing all kinds of foreshadowing here, my friend just we're just dropping nuggets all over the place. So we did kind of touch on it but we really want to hit it hard there. We have a very deserving uh, organization, team, staff, that is going to wear the golden feed bag today. They're going to have to work it out. We're just going to send one golden feed bag. We're not made of money around here. Let's find out who's wearing it, Scott, in today's version of Donkey of the Day. All right, bud. You want to tell us who it is? Uh, yes, I
1: will. So the Philadelphia Phillies, of course, competing for a wild card spot and technically a division spot because the NL East is got awful. Phillies won yesterday, so I guess that's the silver lining. However, they did blow another save in that game, and that was the 31st blown save of the season. That sounds like a lot. They are three shy of tying the National League record since 1969. Now, I'm going to remind everybody, that's 31 blown saves. They're currently three games out of a playoff spot, they also paid Harper $330 million and Rio Muto $115.5 million. Plus, they also paid Wheeler a lot of money. The point is they paid a lot of guys, and they forgot to pay any competent pitchers in the bullpen.
0: So you're saying Ian Kennedy is not the answer?
1: I'm saying apparently former Yankee and Royal Ian Kennedy is not the answer.
0: Hmm. That is that is surprising. Archie Bradley? No, nah. Archie Bradley, I don't think cut it either. Another X royal <laughs> Oh man, yeah. This is now to be sh- not to be uh, to be clear. Just because you've blown thirty-one saves doesn't mean you've lost thirty-one extra games, like we saw last night. I know you, you can sometimes blow a save and come back they, and win. Yeah,
1: they haven't won all thirty-one of those games. No,
0: it way. definitely puts you at a disadvantage when you have a lead late in the game, and then no longer have it. There's no question about that. I would guess, I don't know, Scott, without doing some kind of meticulous research, which that's not really our thing. You um,
1: <laughs> could also blow multiple saves in the same game. What do you, so what, what, factor what do you
0: think? You lose 20 of those? Is that a I conservative estimate? 20,
1: I think 20 is being generous, but yeah. I think it's probably somewhere between 20 and 25 and 22.
0: Uh, yeah, Yeah. probably right in that neighborhood. Uh, It certainly is enough to make the difference between fighting for a wild card spot and running away with the uh, NL East.
1: And of course, they're still in the hunt for the division. They're within three or four games. But right. They would be so far ahead right now if they could just get three outs in the ninth inning.
0: Tells you how good the rest of the team is. <laughs> the yep. fact that they're able to overcome this. So it's just, yeah, it's, in, it's incredible. I, f- I feel bad for them, but I'm, I'm certainly rooting for them to uh, break the record.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely revisit this if they blow another four saves down the stretch.
0: And, you know, I don't want to toot our own horn, although that's kind of what we do, but we talked about it in our preview show way back in the winter, Scott. We talked about this Philly team that had a lot of sticks, not a lot of arms in the bullpen. Well,
1: that... it's a disastrous combo because I mentioned before the season started that they have no bullpen and Girardi's a manager who during his time with the Yankees, I remember, would overuse the bullpen. So it's really just a terrible combo because Girardi is going to pull the starters in some questionable spots to go to the relievers, and the relievers can't get an out. So you're going to have some problems on your hands.
0: He was sketchy in the American League. You, You start adding in the National League factor, and he may be, what, a little over his skis?
1: I think he's a fine manager. He just needs a decent bullpen, and he just doesn't have that.
0: Yeah, good point. All right, Scott. So this next award, we're about ready to retire this. We really are. Although, Well,
1: it's going to be Deja Vu, the third one.
0: Yes, yes. Although there was enough drinking in this one to go around. So let's find out, besides the odds makers, Scott, and they were certainly a little tipsy, but let's find out who else was drunk, shall we? All right, this is a game that I talked about, and like I said, we're going to we're just going to retire this award and name it the and name it the Mets Award because the Mets, you know, you think you pay a Yankees tax? Holy mackerel, Scott. I did not. This is one of the most confusing lines of the year for me. the The Mets were a minus one seventy favorite against the Cardinals, even though St. Louis had won six of their last seven and had a decided advantage there on the mound as Lester had been pitching pretty well since the trade and McGill had been going the wrong direction. It looks like they might have figured the rookie out a little bit. Cardinals Uh, also
1: won the first two games of that series.
0: Cardinals had won the first two games of that series. Now, the funny thing about this one is it opened about 170 or so, about 160. It came down to around 140, and then right before game time, the New York money just pounded the Mets, and it was back up to 170, and that's where it went off, Scott. That's free money. That is free money you're giving me better than 3-2. to So I don't know who's drunker—the odds makers that that set that odds in the first place, or set that odd in the first place, or the public that said, "You know what? Minus 150 on the Mets—that's a great prize. I'm going to pound that." Who's drunker?
1: You know, the way I'm looking at it is, I'm going to give the betters a pass because nobody likes to drink alone. So maybe the betters felt like they should join the odds makers in some type of celebration.
0: I don't know. Did that's that was just. I, I loaded up on that, I'm going to be honest with you. Was one of my- I, don't, I
1: don't blame you because they were up 5 nothing after about 15 minutes. Yeah,
0: McGill just not not good, not good at all. The only, only McGill I want to see any more of uh, is Jimmy McGill.
1: So uh, that's fair. I don't even know if you actually want to see him or not because it means you probably did something wrong. But True. anyway, the way I'm looking at it is that we mentioned it for Game 1, Game 2, and Game 3 of the series. You can really just – Include the entire series into one if you wanted to, because the Mets were favored in pretty much every game of the series. The Right one may be a little bit dicey because they were favorites initially, then they closed as dogs, but they were favorites in the overnight market in every single game. And the Cardinals are clearly playing better baseball, and Car- nobody cared.
0: Cardinals have a better record. They play. They've got a better record lately. I, I didn't understand any of that series at all. We just we loaded up on the Cardinals every game. Oh, we understood it. No, the we are makers
1: wrong. didn't understand it.
0: No, I know. And it's, you know, let's be honest. The odds makers usually do a pretty good job. But every once in a while, there'll be something that slips through the cracks like that. And that's why we like to point it out. Because uh, massive alcohol abuse is really the only excuse at this point.
1: That's that's the same conclusion I got. <laughs> okay, fair
0: enough. All right, guys. Uh, quick reminder that you are listening to Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour. And we'll give you the winners. Well, Scott, it's been a real back-and-forth battle in the Cy Young competition there in the American League. Not between, uh, well, between one of the guys we thought would be in part of that battle, but the other guy, which mm, a little bit of a surprise, Scott? A little bit. So Robbie Ray, the game that you mentioned as the uh, Toronto Blue Jays rolled again, He went out there, and all he did, Scott, was go seven innings, gave up four hits, one run, no walks, Robbie Ray, no walks, 13 strikeouts. Now, he probably has three starts left. Maybe four, depending on. I was going to
1: say potentially four. If you need a must-win game, there might be a three days rest situation going on. Right, right. The Same way that, thing with Cole, of course. Right, uh,
0: and Cole will be a day behind because he pitched the day before Robbie Ray, so he has a better shot of making four more starts than Ray does. Yes. Now, I don't want to. I don't want to start throwing the hyperbole, but did Robbie Ray not necessarily win the Cy Young, but did he put himself in a very good position? to put some pressure on, uh, on Garrett Cole.
1: So that's the thing is that he was already in a good position. Of course, Cole pitched the day prior five innings, one run against the Orioles, five innings, one run. He got the win. I guess that's a decent performance, but of course, Ray's performance was better if you're doing the comparison. So I don't really know if Ray won the Cy Young because I believe it's still neck and neck. Right. However, I think we would agree that if Ray got shelled or even just struggled at all in this start, he would have arguably killed his chances.
0: Yeah. I th- I, don't,
1: I wouldn't say that he won it, but I do think that he kept pace for the next start that they're both going to have.
0: Now, the last I saw, I saw odds three days ago before the last start, and they had Cole somewhere around minus 110, Robbie Ray plus 130. I doubt that price is going to be available on Robbie Ray any longer.
1: I believe Ray is around plus 110, plus 115. Where's your money, Scott? What you got? I'm going to go with Ray if I had to pick one, but it's mostly because of the fact that Cole looked decent against. If Cole's actually going to be able to stay healthy down the stretch because
0: he's just been a little bit banged up lately. Does that concern you at all? Sure, sure. If I'm a Garrett Cole backer at this point, it absolutely concerns me. He's been fighting uh, little, little, little nicks and dings all season long. Robbie Ray, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he's missed a start, has he? I don't remember if he him. Did any... it was
1: very early in the year, but I don't recall him being injured with for the last couple months. No,
0: no, not at all. Now here's my question to you: Does team success matter? Does it come down if these guys both pitch well coming down the stretch? Maybe nobody distinguishes themselves. They both have some good outings. Does it come down to which team makes the playoffs?
1: See, I think it might, but there is a caveat to that, which is the fact that the Yankees play against Toronto at some point down the stretch. So if they have a head-to-head meeting or maybe two head-to-head meetings down the stretch, then I do think whoever outperforms the other one is going to have a leg up whether that team makes the playoffs or not. So I do think it could have an impact as a tie break, but if you end up seeing a head-to-head matchup down the stretch between these two teams and they are facing off against each other, I think whoever wins that head-to-head meeting probably has an advantage.
0: How, you agree I, with that? Yeah, I do. I just I just think I, I would really like to see that. I think that would be a hoot. Just...
1: Well, this is kind of interesting because it says Cole is supposed to pitch on the 25th against Boston. Then you end up having a day off on Monday Then they face Toronto Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So the Yankees could hypothetically skip somebody in the rotation and have Cole pitch in the Thursday game because they have a day off. So there is a chance that Cole could actually face off against Toronto or they might use him on Friday against Tampa. So it really depends how the Yankees want to juggle the off-day schedule stuff with Cole.
0: And they might just choose to keep him on regular rest, too. They might.
1: I'm just saying. So as of right now, if you were going based on rotation, Cole would not face off against Toronto. But with the bye or the day off in between the Boston series that ends on Sunday and the Toronto series starting on Tuesday, you can make a case for Cole appearing one spot earlier in the rotation.
0: You're absolutely right. So, all right, let's put your feet to the fire here, buddy. Three teams are virtually tied there in the AL East for the for the, for the wild card spot, and then you've got the Athletics three and a half back, you've got the Mariners four back. For lack of uh, let's let's say they're done. It's certainly it's certainly possible they could make a run, but they've got a lot of teams to catch. So
1: Seattle, I don't want to say they killed their chances over the past couple of days, but you kind of had to win that Boston series.
0: Yep. Yep. Agreed. Agreed, and they and they didn't, and that was that was huge. And so you've got three teams that are basically competing for two spots there, Scott. Who's the odd team out?
1: Oh, it's a really really tough one. I think Toronto's getting in. I just really like that team. Okay. At the end of the day, I think the foundation's there. I think the rotation's good enough with Ray and Barrios and Ryu. I know Ryu hasn't been as consistent lately, but that's still a pretty good top three. And the lineup, we know how good that is. I think it's between the Yankees and Boston. And it's a situation where both of those teams have very similar flaws because the bullpens, not as good as they should be. The rotations, they have really one guy. Of course, Cole's been better than Chris Sale. But the point is the other guys, two through five, aren't exactly reliable. And the lineups are good, at least on paper. Boston's lineup has been more productive, but I think we can agree both offenses have not really been as sharp lately. I know the Red Sox scored nine runs yesterday, but six of them came in the 10th inning. Right. So I'm going to hold my nose and pick the Yankees. But if Boston does get in over the Yankees, it would not surprise me at all because one of these two teams, Boston wasn't really supposed to be here, so I'm not going to blame them if they end up not making it. The Yankees were supposed to. But it's really a, just a crapshoot at this point. I think Toronto does get in, though. You?
0: Yeah, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the schedules. and The Yankee
1: schedule is pretty favorable over the next week and a
0: half. It is, and then it's not.
1: Correct. Then it becomes brutal because you face off against the Red Sox, Toronto, and Tampa. Right. So these three teams, not even including the Tampa series, but of course Tampa's going to be tough. Those three teams are going to kill each other.
0: Yeah, you you're gonna you're gonna have to make hay in the other games, and of course, Boston has six games against Baltimore, while the Yankees they have one more against Baltimore than they have three against Cleveland and three against Texas. You know, Cleveland all of a sudden playing pretty good ball right now, playing decently. Not gonna be not gonna be a pushover, uh. But you know, the Boston, like I said, they've got they got three against Baltimore, they got three against. Uh, they got six against Baltimore and three against Washington and they've really just got they've got five games against the New York teams they've got three games against the Yankees two against the Mets I've got to think the Baltimore and the, and the Mets
1: might be dead at that point
0: yeah I gotta think Baltimore has the the favorable schedule there so
1: I mean I mean, I mean Boston yeah. sorry yeah,
0: yeah absolutely right
1: that's so. fair I, I think for the next week and a half or so it's close but it's gonna come down to those three games
0: agreed agreed so if you're making your if you're making your futures picks you can st- if you can still get it Keep Boston, you're saying keep Boston out.
1: I'm saying as of right now, I'll lean Boston out, but it's just because I've seen a flash from the Yankees where they won 13 straight, which might have been a fluke. But Boston over the last couple of weeks, I feel like is mostly treading water. Is that a fair way to put it? Because the Yankees have been up, down, up, down, up, down. Yeah, and I feel like Boston's kind of just been the same six and four out of the last 10, yeah, five and five out of the last 10. Like, I feel like they're just kind of barely above 500 which is decent enough but they don't haven't had many wow moments over the last couple of weeks is that a fair statement yeah
0: they've they've gone they're, they're they've won two lost two one one lost one won one lost one lost two one two so i mean they're yeah tre- they're, they're treading that's, I mean, that's that, how I'm looking that's at exactly it. what they're doing so, so if
1: the yankees are a very streaky team and maybe they can rekindle something i know they ended up winning three in a row then again minnesota and baltimore pump the brakes but if the yankees could hypothetically win seven of their next eight i think they're going to be a couple games up on boston
0: yeah i agree um all right so let's take a look in the national league you've uh, got the dodgers of course if they don't catch the giants they are stone cold locked into the first wild card spot so we really just have Five teams, if we count the Mets, fighting fighting for one spot. You've got the Cardinals currently holding that spot.
1: Well, I was going to ask: Are we are we counting the Mets, or are we calling them dead?
0: Well, for the I mean, you can certainly include them. They're five they're five games back right now.
1: Of course, they still have like three weeks to you know figure it out. But it don't, I am curious if you think they maybe bounce back, or you think that. That sweep is basically just the camel that you know the yeah. that broke the
0: camel. I I think that was a, such a critical series to lose to St. Louis. and and last night's game was so big because you know you, you know how it works. If you go if you go one and two, you just lose a game in the standings. If you go zero and three, you lose three games. So it's really yeah. you're playing that last game, which really means two games in the standings, and that was a, a brutal. And they weren't even competitive. So and and they also have again. Have four teams to leapfrog, and that's probably even a bigger problem than worrying about the Mets getting hot. Is worrying about everybody else cooling off at the same time that has a lead over you. Do you think the Cardinals do their Cardinal thing? You know, you and I talked about it a month ago. How you just—I
1: got money on them a month you, ago. You, so... You turn around, hanging strong.
0: Yeah, I mean, you 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 turn around. You you talk about every other team under the sun, and you look up, and then all of a sudden there's the Cardinals. So yep,
1: every every year you just look around and go. I don't like any of these teams. How far is St. Louis back? 35. Game- you know, I feel like they got a shot down the stretch. Like right. St. Louis just always randomly right. finds a way late in the year. And they're the only team right now that's not tripping over themselves.
0: They're not scoring. I hate their pitching. And then you look up and like, oh, my God, they're only a game out. Yep, there you yeah, go. <laughs>
1: I, pretty much.
0: Um, so we're gonna, are we going to lock the Cardinals in? Padres and Reds played too much terrible baseball down the stretch?
1: I am. There's only so many games that you can lose, whether it's San Diego to Arizona, San Diego to anybody over the last three weeks, or Cincinnati just losing a series to Pittsburgh at this point. You just can't fumble these series against bottom feeder teams. You just can't do it.
0: Right, I agree. You you have to make hay against those teams. It's just it's just brutal. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna go with the we're gonna go with the Dodgers and Cardinals and Padres. My question and for
1: Riz you: Do you Phillies? think that Wainwright outduels Bueller in the wild card game? I would laugh so hard if, like, an 84 win Cardinals team beats the Dodgers in the wild card game. I'm going to mm. laugh so hard.
0: Nothing better. Nothing better. It's going
1: to be hilarious to me.
0: See, you know how you feel about the Dodgers? That's the way the rest of the world feels about the Yankees.
1: I just think it's funny because right. you have a situation where it's, I don't want to say it's Beastquake Seattle versus New Orleans, but that's kind of the feel where you have a team that's basically 500 or below 500 facing off against this phenomenal team. And it's just a one-game elimination situation where if Bueller or Scherzer have one bad pitch, one bad outing, and Wainwright pitches a gem, then you can just take your 100 wins and throw it in the garbage.
0: I'd like to know what Wainwright is, uh, what what regimen he's got this year where he has turned back the clock. Because he looked done the last couple of seasons. He wasn't, you know, he was fine, but he wasn't. I'm
1: also curious what pitcher the Dodgers are going to use in that wild card game, but that's a separate story.
0: Well, I would think you don't think it, well. You know,
1: could be Bueller or Scherzer. I mean, they're two top three Cy Young candidates.
0: Isn't it not it weird that we're not even considering Kershaw?
1: Well, because he's been injured for the entire season. And well, I
0: understand, but I mean, you've got you've got two pitchers. I mean, even if he'd have pitched the way he did at the beginning of the season, not gotten hurt, I still think we'd be in the same spot. We'd be talking about Scherzer and Bueller.
1: I think we would be too.
0: All right, yeah, it's very the the times they are a changing as Bob Dylan said, Scott. So we've got the Cardinals, we've got the Dodgers. Padres, sorry, you can't you can't lose that many. They they, they kind of pulled it together last night, but a little bit too late. Cincinnati Reds, sorry boys, just really picked a bad time to get cold. Phillies, that bullpen's going to get you. And the Mets, no, not not going to happen. So, you know, here's a scary thought: if you're a Mets fan, Scott, you're only three and a half up on the Colorado Rockies.
1: So uh, the Rockies have draws now.
0: That is not a place you want to be. Well, the Rockies are live. They're. They're eight and a half back with sixteen games left.
1: Not likely, but maybe.
0: <laughs> time to time to step on the gas, boys. I hope it's. Time, I hope time
1: to win a couple. I hope they play those final sixteen games at home. I was just
0: gonna say, I hope it's. A, I hope it's a home game. I hope it's a homestand. You know, you and I were talking off the air yesterday that this Toronto team, the run they're on, kind of reminds us of the. I don't even know. You probably know what what year Rockies that was, where they went on the twenty one of twenty three or whatever it was to end the season.
1: I believe that was 07.
0: That's, that that was. I was going to guess oh six oh seven. I knew it has to be right in there. But uh, this Toronto team is really finishing strong, so should be fun. I, I just want to see new blood, Scott. That's that's really all I want to see. So I'm I'm excited about seeing Toronto. That's that's probably my favorite team. That's. Not called the Kansas City Royals. I just, I love the youngsters. You know, we've always had a soft spot for Robbie Ray. So we'll be back to talk about more of this right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Remember, we talked in the uh, beginning. If you didn't hear, we're going to do a uh, special deal. I'm going to give one of my genuine premium plays away. And, you know, I don't get on and brag about my premium plays a lot. But I am hotter than a $2 pistol right now. We, we started uh, the week. We went 12-0 and yesterday, or excuse me, last, last week. Uh, had a decent weekend uh, as far as college goes, and we kind of got, uh, kind of got hammered on the on the NFL. A couple bad beats, but we started off this week well again, five and one. And I want to give you one of my favorite plays of the last couple weeks that are going to be lining up on this NFL game. So all you have to do, it's a very very simple deal. Just pick up your phone and text uh, win NFL W-I-N-N-F-L NFL to five seven one winner one. That's five seven one nine four six Six three seven one. I'll shoot you the play. No cost, no obligation. Hundred percent free. Just a thanks for watching and for listening. So make sure you do that. All right, you guys take care. Now back to the show. All right, and welcome back to the second half of Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners, everybody. All right. So we've got that all worked out. Oh, Scott, bad news for you as a Dallas Cowboy fan. Real quick here, just a poor one out for DeMarcus Lawrence, broke his foot, going to be out six to eight weeks. Team looked pretty good against Tampa Bay. They look like a team that might be able to contend there, especially in the National uh, Football Conference Eastern uh, Division. Scott, how badly does this hurt their chances to win the East? It hurts.
1: I'm not going to pretend it doesn't. Then again, I know we disagreed during the early lines for the NFL earlier in the week. You were going to take the boys on the road. I liked the Chargers. I think I don't know if you've converted to my side, but it definitely doesn't help Dallas in this situation.
0: No, no, you really kind of, you kind of need all hands on deck there against uh, Herbert and the Chargers. So the way,
1: the way I'm looking at it is that the Cowboys are going to be somewhat in the hunt because the NFC East right now, the best team is arguably through Week One. Philly, but they also played Atlanta and Washington lost a close game to the Chargers and the Chargers are a good team. The point is the Cowboys, you can make an argument are the third best team in that, in that division right now. Mm -hmm. And that was with a healthy Lawrence. I don't really see much hope, but we'll see. It's the NFC East. Things will get interesting. Things will get weird. But as long as the offense can continue generating 30 points per game or so, they'll always be competitive in games. But the issue last year was the defense. You brought in a new defensive coordinator, you ended up drafting a linebacker. If you have no secondary and you can't rush the passer, you might as well pack it up and go home.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And that that secondary, Scott, I I it's thought the, I thought they'd do more to address it.
1: They didn't do anything. <laughs> so they drafted Diggs in one of the later rounds, but they were going to go for Sertan in the draft. He went to Denver, but they didn't even go free agency for any anybody or anything like that. Right, they just decided we're going to fix the scheme, and not the players. And my argument is the scheme doesn't help if the players stink.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. It's not you. You're only you're only as good as your pieces. It's not necessarily, you know, you could be the greatest chess player in the world, but. You know, if you're using checkers instead of actual chess pieces, eh, not going to work out for you.
1: And so. no, I'm not saying that, of course, it doesn't work in every situation because, of course, Belichick has a system. Other guys have systems. You think McCarthy's got a good system for actually winning games without all hands on deck? Probably not.
0: <sighs> it doesn't seem like it. He, he doesn't seem like a great adjust on the fly kind of guy.
1: I don't think he is either. So do I think the Cowboys will be embarrassing? No, are they going to win the division? I didn't have them the division in the first place, so no.
0: And you didn't you didn't change your thoughts on that after watching them play against Tampa?
1: I think the offense was good. My main takeaway was damn, Tampa's be- defense is terrible. But if if we walked into a game, any game against Tampa with a healthy Brady and all the receiving weapons, and I told you right now, how many points does Dallas need to score to win this game? You're probably going to tell me thirty four to
0: thirty five. <laughs> yeah. Yep,
1: and that was before the game was even played. Yep, and I could ask you right again this week: they're playing the Chargers. How many points you need to win?
0: Got to F- have probably 30. thirty-one. Got to have thirty plus. Yeah, you That's know what I'm
1: saying. So uh, the offense might be capable of doing that, but you're not going to win many games if you cannot get a stop in the fourth quarter when you need it.
0: Well, and it's a it's a good. I mean, you do have to remember that it is a very good Cowboys offense. I'm sure you remember. But, you know, they averaged over 32 points a game for the five games where they had Dak last year. And Were they, were they put 30, 29 up the first week?
1: Uh, I believe so, was, yes. But they also lost one of those games. Dak had 500 yards. They lost to Cleveland anyway.
0: Right, right. And right.
1: one of the games they won was a miracle onside kick game against Atlanta. So they were going to lose games anyway, even though the offense was great.
0: That's right. That's right. And I, 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 I don't understand. To me, that's to me that's negligent as an owner gm whatever jerry jones calls himself not to address the defense when you when you have I call
1: him an idiot but i mean you can call him whatever title you want
0: well it's a little bit like being in Kansas City where you've got this finely tuned offensive machine with a, a high quality top 5 kind of quarterback and you just don't have that same quality on defense now the chiefs have addressed it a little bit where you know when we saw mahomes at first season you go well if the chiefs had an average defense they'd win the super bowl
1: but at least you went out, you got Clark, you got Matthew
0: a couple of years right. ago.
1: Like you made some moves. That's what I'm saying. I don't know yeah. what the Cowboys are They doing. ended up
0: with an average defense. Guess what? They won the Super Bowl. That's And that's exactly what happened. And actually, the defense went on a nice run there to stop this, just to end the season. But be that as it may, I I feel bad for you, buddy. I, I liked that Cowboys team. I didn't like them. I saw them play that first game. I'm like, you know what? Maybe they're going to have a little something here. So I
1: forgot what the win total was for Dallas. I think it was like nine and a half, maybe. That sounds like, right. Yeah. Like that. I just remember liking the under because I just didn't think this team would stay healthy long enough to actually win that many games or get enough stops to win games.
0: Well, you had to figure it's probably going to be Vander Ash that got hurt. So <laughs>
1: you had to figure he was going to get hurt at some point. Right. Salem Smith's been a non-factor and they paid him a lot of money.
0: Is Lee finally gone, right? He retired.
1: Lee retired, but he's on the coaching staff.
0: I was going to say, well, he's probably injured.
1: <laughs> he was a great player who got injured all the time. I know. But I know. At the end of the day, you keep investing in linebackers. That's great. But the defensive line? Are you going to rely on Randy Gregory again, who's still for some
0: reason on the team? You know, if you can't rush the passer and you can't defend the pass in your defensive backfield, you're going to Yes, you're,
1: unless you're playing in the 1970s where they run the ball every play, you're going to give up 30 points per game.
0: If anybody decides to win the single run the single wing, I like the Cowboys' chances a lot. Other than that, it's going to be a long season. That is a we talked about it. We talked about it before. I don't know how that's not a dead over team.
1: And Lawrence got one of the only stops of the game because he ended up having a uh, – he forced the fumble on Ronald Jones. He didn't get a sack or anything, but he's clearly the best defensive lineman. And my question for you, if you can't pressure Herbert, have fun trying to cover Keenan Allen for more than three seconds at a time.
0: Yep, agreed. Hey, can I ask you something? Why do they pronounce it Herbert, but when the guy played for New Orleans, it was A And it's spelled the same way, right? H-E-R-B-E-R-T? Uh,
1: one, one sounds uh, Frencher. Frencher.
0: <laughs> Frencher? Very good. quoi. les a les bontons Scott. Let the Eber times roll. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend. One last thing to talk about here before we get to the games, and we'll we'll do this real quick. It's a fascinating story. The NBA is not going to require vaccines for the upcoming season for only the players, Scott. Only the players. Now there are vaccine mandates for all team arena. Uh, other game day personnel who, whose duties require them to be within 15 feet of the players, that includes the referees and the areas used by players or referees. Now, in fairness, it is said that the NBA players are roughly 85% vaccinated as a group, but it's also going to perhaps cause some problems because various cities and jurisdictions like the state of New York and the city of San Francisco uh, would Bar any unvaccinated players from those teams that play there. So that's going to be the Knicks, the Nets, and the Warriors. So far, I wouldn't be surprised to see it spread down the coast and have it affect the LA teams as well. Um, and any unvaccinated player who lacked an unproved, uh, who lacked an approved exemption on medical or religious grounds, and whose status in that regard limited his availability, could be considered in breach of his contractual duties and thus subject to fine, suspensions, or a loss of pay. Okay. So yes or no on this? Are you, are you okay with this or should the NBA players suck it up?
1: I'm okay with it to some degree because that's kind of what the NFL did in a way. They didn't really, the
0: NFL, the NFL was pretty crafty about it. They said, we're I'm not going to mandate because, it. We can't yeah, do that.
1: Cause you have people in the NFL who got vaccinated and they're like, you really should. And then Kirk Cousins, Omar Jackson go public and say, you know, I think the vaccine's stupid. And they just decided I'm not going to do it. Right. And, They're still playing. Lamar played week one, Mm -hmm. so I do find it kind of similar to what the NFL did where they try to really, really inch you to the right direction, but they're not going to fully push you off the ledge, Right. so you can kind of make your own decision, even though it's about 90% made for you, but I think that everybody on the Nets, the Knicks, and the Warriors will be vaccinated because they want to play, and I'm assuming if you're not vaccinated, you're not going to get paid in home games because you can't show up to the arena
0: right and i'm trying to think of some of the other places where that might have an effect you know like we said i can't believe it's not in southern california yet i would think but i was that... gonna
1: say yeah you say golden state i'm assuming it's gonna end up taking place for the clippers the and the Lakers, and the, the lakers, the
0: lakers as well right yeah. now sacramento more of a conservative town so unless they do it statewide maybe the kings get away with it um but i'm looking so
1: will be, i mean the kings will be out a playoff contention by the all-star break anyway so i don't know if it even matters i
0: think i think you're safe in texas i think the I think the Rockets and Mavs aren't going to have to worry about it.
1: I think San Antonio is going to be safe, too.
0: San Antonio as well. That's right. And, you know, maybe another team to worry about would be maybe Denver. uh, Colorado. I think the Heat are going to be safe. I think Orlando is going to be safe. Yep, yep, the Heat. But the
1: point is, is that it's kind of like the NFL where they try to tell you what to do in a way, but they leave you enough gray area for you to not do it. I am not surprised by it. Do I think most players will get vaccinated anyway? Yes, but according to reports – most already are vaccinated. So it might inch a couple more over the line in specific towns. I'm sure there are a lot of uh, – there are some players who still don't want to get the vaccine. So I don't really have an issue with it. I think it's kind of similar to what the NFL did.
0: Yeah, I just, they, they, the NFL basically just made it so onerous if you weren't vaccinated and such a substantial penalty that if you have to, if you, if you have to cancel that game, if you can't play those games – that not only does your team lose their game checks, but the other team lose their game checks. We're waiting for that to happen, Scott, because it is going to be the proverbial poop hitting the proverbial fan when that goes down. We talked about it before the season, and we're just kind of holding our breath, waiting for that to happen for the first time this year.
1: I don't think it's going to happen, but then again...
0: You think, you think every game will be played on schedule?
1: I think it'll be played on schedule, debatable, but I do think that the NFL, after last year... Is not going to want to reschedule games into the middle of a week. I think worst case is promote some practice squad guys. You're playing anyway. You have no wide receivers. It sucks to be you. You're going to play.
0: Did you hear the story why they made Denver play last year?
1: I thought it was because they weren't actually following protocol and stuff like that. Yes.
0: Did you know what, what how they did it?
1: I forgot. Didn't they go to like a club or they, something? No, they went to
0: they went to the meeting, and they had their vaccine tracers. You, know, they, you have to wear your vaccine tracer to let you know where you are. They took them off, put them in the four corners of the room, and then sat together and watched film for the meeting. And that's, okay. wh- and that's why they were not allowed to reschedule that game because they broke protocol.
1: I don't know why they couldn't just keep it on, but sure.
0: Because, because they wanted to be together to watch the film.
1: Oh, okay. So, so
0: they took them off, put them in the four corners of the room, then they pushed their chairs together and watched film together. Now, I don't know why you have to be together to watch film. I don't know why you don't. I'm sure they have a huge viewing room that you can watch film and put it up, and everybody gets to see it sit in comfortable chairs. I don't understand why they all have to be together. But then again, Scott, this may come as a surprise to you. I've never been in an actual NFL quarterback's room. so
1: You got to copy the other person's notes.
0: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> What, what what what'd you get for the five three defense? He starts looking over. You get <laughs> B or C on that one. Okay. Who's he starts writing it down? Who's but, my who's my hot read? Is it? But it's not the tackle. Um, I'm
1: assuming you'll agree that the NFL after last year, you can promote half the practice squad. I think you're going to try to get as many games done on the same day as it was scheduled. For. I, I agree. Control, the NFL might just say screw it. You have to play ten guys down.
0: Yeah. Um. To uh, to paraphrase uh, Goodfellas, screw you. Play me. That's yep. kind of going to be how that works. So, it'll be it'll be an interesting professional season, Scott, because <laughs> arguably the Delta variant is actually a little more uh contagious than the regular COVID nineteen was last year. But yet this year we're not we're just acting like it's really not a thing. Uh, I mean, I
1: did hear that but hear me out. I'm going to <laughs> Vegas in a week anyway. So I feel like I missed the memo on that one.
0: You know, I was surprised. I was gonna, I was looking into coming out and joining you in Vegas. I was surprised the rooms were that expensive. I was surprised the prices were still up. I thought people people are like, it's Vegas, baby. We're going.
1: You got the Raiders in town, man.
0: <laughs> the Raiders. Well, I'm
1: actually going to the UFC event. So I'm going to go see uh, Volkanovsky and Ortega for the title. So I'm oh, going to sure. see that. Which sure you are. Fun. Okay. But as a whole... I'm somewhat surprised, but then again, at some point, once a city like Vegas opens up, it's really tough to half close it back down and open it up again. It's yes. just full steam ahead going forward. I
0: agree. All right, quick reminder, guys: you are listening to Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. We're going to try to do that for this game right here, Scott. We got a little got a little NFL action this evening. It is Thursday night f- football. Well, I got a question for you, though. What do you got? If it's two AFC
1: East teams, does it actually count as professional football? Well,
0: NFC East, but yes. I, what would I say? AFC.
1: Sorry, NFC East teams. Yes. Does so, that count as professional football? Uh, barely. Okay, barely. Barely? Cool.
0: It's going to be the New York football giants against the Washington football team. Scott, the Taylor Heineke era begins for real in this one. Alex Smith Jr. Alex Smith Jr. Check down Charlie check down you know I don't the, know if you
1: agree with that playing styles they really remind me of each other
0: I don't and I t- the way although the, I'll tell you what I mean with the slight mobility
1: and the relatively safe decision making there are some similarities there He is
0: known he was known as a gunslinger early in his career Scott but I was really impressed but the way that he played that game against Tampa Bay last year,
1: even the game last week, I thought he looked pretty good against
0: the game. Yeah, what do you go eleven for fourteen? Came in there. Um, yeah, eleven
1: for fifteen, something like that. He didn't really
0: do anything stupid. I thought he was fine. They win that game if Gibson doesn't fumble, most likely. Uh, true. But here's the here's the the troubling part about that game is they couldn't Washington couldn't get off the field on third down. Uh, they could let them convert fourteen, 14 of nineteen. First, but then again, downs. we
1: got to keep in mind if you're comparing the Giants offense, which scored seven points against Denver before garbage time to the chargers, who we think are a potential playoff team. Do you think the defense goes off the field a little bit more on third down? I do. The answer is they might not need to, because Jones might fumble on second down. So I don't even know, but we'll see. I think that it's really tough to factor in what happened in week one for Washington, because you played against such a good team on the road as for the Giants. I don't know how good Denver is, but I'm assuming we would agree Washington's probably a better football team than Denver.
0: I would, I would certainly think so. Certainly they have a, a better defense, right?
1: I would have to assume so. Now Denver's defense isn't bad, of course, because Von Miller's back, mm-hmm. but the Giants struggled to such a degree, stopping Teddy Bridgewater through the air that there are some serious questions about this pass defense for the Giants. Yep. I... The ground game. They gave up what? A hundred something yards to Melvin Gordon.
0: Yes. They gave up, they gave up um, on, 11 like 60 yard touchdowns, 11 job. carries. They give up 102 yards. a 70. That's yard. what I'm
1: saying. So, the Giants defense, which is supposed to be a Joe Judge, I know it was also a special teams coach, but he's more of a defensive Belichick wannabe. You got to do better than that. Like, Washington, they really held Herbert in check before the final drive where he killed the entire clock. Am I supposed to roast Washington for limiting Herbert to basically 20 points? No i got to roast him for that. Herbert's a good quarterback.
0: So my question is, is is Daniel Jones the answer? To what? (laughs) Well, that was the trick because I was going to say, unless the question is who was the best quarterback at Duke in 2018, Daniel Jones is almost certainly not the answer.
1: I'm not saying that you can officially call him a bust at this point, but every time you watch him play, the ceiling – is maybe a bottom seven quarterback in the league.
0: Wow. That's roast worthy. You don't even, you don't even think his ceiling is a mid, bottom middle seven starting quarterback. Middle, you don't even think it's middle of the pack? I, I don't. don't. At the w- end of the day. One day he could be 15th.
1: The main issue that you have with him is kind of like Fitzpatrick, and that's the issue why he's been on so many teams. If you're just going to turn the ball over a minimum of like two times a game, you're going to be jumping around. And Fitzpatrick has the interceptions – but he also is not afraid to take chances. He'll make some big throws down the stretch kind of far vision away stylistically. He's not afraid to take the shot if it's triple coverage. And sometimes it works. Most of the time it doesn't, but Daniel Jones isn't even interceptions. The guy just fumbles the ball almost every single game.
0: Yeah. I'm, I, I don't really understand the, the whole fumble thing. Is Does he have small hands? Is that the deal? I was going
1: to say, is it a Derek Carr thing where he has smallish hands and he has a hard time gripping it, but I don't know, because if you're a mobile quarterback, which I guess is some of the appeal around Daniel Jones, but unless you slide, you might fumble 50% of the time you get hit, then I don't think teams want you scrambling.
0: Well, and it was definitely good news and bad news for the Giants last week. The good news is that Daniel Jones led the team in rushing. Bad news is Daniel Jones led the team in rushing. Uh, Barkley was... Not good. He might not
1: even play this week. He's questionable.
0: I know he's he's questionable. It looks like he's going to play, but I, he's definitely going to have a pitch count, Scott, because they were they were saying that they can't remember a time when a guy has come back from knee surgery that quick and had to play two games two had to start with two games in five days.
1: So this is actually my somewhat hot take, kinda. I don't think Barkley is going to play.
0: You don't think he's going to play? I don't. Okay. I don't
1: think he's going to play. I think he was so ineffective week one, and the fact that you're already potentially holding him out for week two. Based on the knees and everything, okay. I really think it's a bad spot for Barkley. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants err on the side of caution on this one.
0: Okay, not not a bad not a bad take, and I'm and I'm not I'm not going to roast you for it. I I think I mean, I'm you're
1: talking about limited as in maybe ten carries. So whether he plays or not, we both think he might play ceiling wise. Fifty percent of the offensive snaps. Yeah,
0: he played forty eight percent of the offensive snaps last week. He, he had ten carries for twenty six yards.
1: So it sounds bold when I say he's not going to play. I don't think it's as bold as it sounds.
0: No, it it I mean it would be it would be a
1: surprise, but the more you think about it, the more it would kind of make sense because Cleveland is not using Odell again for week 2 and people are panicking, but on the other hand, I much prefer the way Cleveland's handling it than throwing Barkley out there to get killed.
0: You? I the only reason I might doubt you a little bit Scott is because it's a division game. If it was if it was a if it was the other way around if they have started with Washington and then playing Denver the second week, I think maybe you're sitting them. But when you start with a loss and then you've got a division game in week two, you know I want to say I want to say 19 percent of the teams have made the playoffs after starting 0 and two, and that could be high. I'm just I'm, could pull, be, I'm but pulling the, that. The, out the my point reader, is
1: but. I just think Barkley has been injured so early, so often, division game or not. Your goal is to just let him survive for the entire season. So that's my takeaway. Okay. Either way, for the sake of this game, I like Washington okay. and I like the under. Okay. I think Washington with Heineke. I think Heineke not bad. I think people are going to go Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's a gunslinger who can win you games. That's true. But if you ended up making the playoffs last year and Alex Smith didn't lose you games, isn't the formula already in place because you did the same exact thing last year?
0: Yeah, pretty much, and. Do you think Taylor Heineke is better than Alex Smith was last year?
1: I think Alex Smith was one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league last year, despite the great story. The interesting caveat here is that Daniel Jones actually undefeated against Washington for whatever reason. So he's fared well or the giants have, I still like the under, I think you're going to see a hideous game, especially since it's after week one. So it's the first game. Both teams are definitely beaten up physically and I have a quick turnaround for a division game. I think it's going to be a, some hideous football in the spot. You,
0: I I, pro- I agree with that. i um, I've got I've got I've got a premium. In fact, the, you know the, the premium that I've been pimping. I've got on this game, so I don't really want to um, <laughs> give that away right now. That's either way. A good I'm strategy, looking at but, Washington in the under. Okay, I, I think that's fair. I will say that there is something interesting about this line. It opened up at four and a half, and then on the news of Fitzpatrick being out, it quickly went down to three. And now it's back to three and a half in most spots. There's there's been some by, once it got to three, I think the sharps hit that hit that again. And I think they, I
1: still think people are sleeping on Heineke. I thought it looked pretty good in week one.
0: I agree with that. I I, I think that when, when people that are automatically writing this off as a Washington loss with Taylor Heineke instead of Ryan Fitzpatrick, I I'm not sure that's accurate. I'm
1: just saying if you have Heineke against Daniel Jones, you're probably winning the turnover battle.
0: So let's uh let's hit the baseball schedule real quick, see if anything uh jumps out at you, see if uh, some of these undecided have filled in now. Like I said, it's getaway day, and they are killing us with getaway day, Scott. Everything just about is during the day.
1: I'm annoyed. I can't fade the Mets. Uh, I didn't even play
0: today. You got uh, Kyle Hendricks, Scott, going for the Cubs against undecided for the Phillies. As it stands right now, Phillies about minus 200. You just auto play the Cubs there?
1: I think you have to consider it. Once again, full game, not first five, if you like the Cubs, because. Phillies might be going for that record soon.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I agree and uh, K- Hendricks has been one of the very few bright spots for that Cubs pitching staff this season, so.
1: I'm looking at Houston run line. Okay. And Otto was good in his first outing. Last two have not been great. Last outing got absolutely shelled. Valdez I like. I think he's still slept on. I think he's a pretty good pitcher. Okay. And Houston has picked at spots in this in this series where they've scored a lot of runs, then took the night off, then scored seven more runs yesterday. Houston's just a much better team, so if you have the better starting pitcher and the much better offense, I'm going to take Houston.
0: What do you got, the run line there? I mean, you're laying such a huge number.
1: No, it would be the run line because okay. you're getting a guaranteed 9 of at-bats because you're on the road. Right. But Otto's not very good. The bullpen had to go a long way yesterday because Arahara only went about four innings. Minus 135, I don't hate that for Houston.
0: Okay, very good. Very good. And uh, let's talk about that let's talk about that Yankees game real quick. That's gonna be a 505 start. So if you're listeners on the radio, you don't have much time. you might want to pound it. Scott Montgomery over Ellis. Uh, Yankees 250 240 somewhere in that neighborhood. Any value on the on the birds?
1: Uh, not really. I think they had their game yesterday and I think they blew it. Okay. The Yankees of course are a huge favorite. Totals at 10. I'm actually looking at first five under. Because I actually think Ellis has not been as bad as people expected him to be once he actually joined the rotation. Montgomery's been good. He gets no run support yeah. ever. I'm going to go with the first five
0: under. Okay. Well, you know what? We have put our heads together, and we do have a uh, another game that we want to talk about here. We've come up with our best play, and this is one that we really kind of dig, my friend. So let's uh, let's do our thing, everybody. You guys ready? Put on those overalls. Leave that strap undone because you want to be cool. Straw hat. Climb on that tractor Ready to fire that John Deere up, baby, because it is time once again for Bet the Farm! (laughs) All right, as we've been. Okay, that's enough, guys. Seriously. Okay, okay. Let it go. Get them loaded up, Scott. What are you doing? My goodness. All right, so there is one more game that we haven't talked about, and that is a college football battle between the Ohio Bobcats. and the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, or if you prefer, the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. They're trying to call themselves Louisiana. Not really catching on yet. But be that as it may, we're going to play the under 57.5. That's minus 110 offshore, pretty much most spots. It's an Ohio offense that's not good, and it's certainly not good yet. They scored just 26 points last week against an FCS school. Uh, the first week they played what should have been an FCS school and Syracuse, put up nine points. That's not great. Uh, not throwing the ball well, averaging just 190 passing yards per game. And they don't find themselves in any hurry at all. They rank 44th in the nation in time of possession. And Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, man, they play some underball there at home. The under is 10 and 1. In the Cajun's last 11 home games, this may not be a pretty one, Scott. I you may have a couple of ugly football games that you're going to be flipping back and forth. Doesn't mean we can't make money. That number's way too high. Give us the Ohio Lafayette under 57.5.
1: Plus, I mentioned it for the NFL with how you had a game over the weekend. Now you're playing on a short week. It's the first time these guys, these teams are playing on Thursday. They played last week. Immediate turnaround. I expect some sloppy football. Especially with Ohio, that team is supposed to play sloppy because they're not very good.
0: Very good. All right, that's going to do it for our Bet the Farm play, and that is going to do it for this edition of Winners and Winers Radio. We appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe, do all that stuff. And, of course, good luck on all your plays tonight from myself and from Scott. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you tomorrow on Winners and Winers Radio. Take care, everybody.